What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. I'm a genius. No, several geniuses. I gaggle, I swarm, a flock of freaking RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you could have me at your next event. I'm so excited to party with the people. Karaoke jams and video dance parties and weddings. You know, all that. Today on the program, I have Alex Troll of the Pod Union. What is an Alex Troll? What is a Pod Union? Or are you going to find out about it in the next few minutes? So stick around for that. This week's shows, due to the novel COVID-19 coronavirus, that is currently pandemicking all over the world. I have no private shows, no public shows. All I have is podcasts. So my loyal listeners, you get to listen to me more and more and more in your ears. You know, the What Makes You Famous podcast, the What Makes You Smarter podcast, and even the Keys Dance show. I have to find something to do with that one. I've been doing the other ones a whole lot. All right. Speaking of podcast, let's talk to Alex Troll of the pod union skyping alex troll now Hello. Alex Troll, please. Yeah, one sec, one sec. Can you see me? I cannot see you. Now I can How's see that? you. <laughs> hey, it's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous hey. podcast. Pod Union, my man. That's right, yeah. How you doing? Oh, it's so good. You know, I'm perusing through your podcast, and I notice you have the almost the exact same setup that I do, as uh, you have the podcaster, the roadcaster there. Or I guess, uh, what is it called? The Roadcast Pro? Yeah, I think it's the roadcaster. It's here. It's made here in Australia by road. So I'm actually in Sydney, Australia right now. Look at you. All right. This is probably the first time that I've done Skype with video, uh, video to video. But uh, I'm kind of excited to talk to you, man. Another podcaster, another man out there trying to help uh, put people forward uh, to support uh, podcasters and you know, give the people a little idea of who you are, uh, Alex. All right. So I have a bit of a long story, and it's not just related to podcasting, but I'll do a real quick version. I'm Canadian. I went to law school. I went to Australia, and then I started a gold mine in Papua New Guinea, and then I came back here to a Sydney, Australia, and now I'm starting a podcast platform for hosting and listening to podcasts. Look at you. The short well, I noticed you had a North American accent of sorts. You really don't have the, the traditional Sydney Australian accent. So have you been there a while? Yeah, I've been here for seven years. Yeah, sorry, I can't give you the accent. I love the accent, but uh, I'll try my best. Uh, actually, I won't. I'll, I'll embarrass myself. So <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it to your imagination. I, I've talked to a lot of people in, in Australia, and I, I enjoy their accents. I, I, I approve, and, and I'm sure my listeners do too. The feedback that I get is... Often is is uh, wow that that is the coolest accent and I'm sure that they would say 
hey, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. <laughs> that's, yeah, they would. That's There's typical. also a lot of words here that you need to learn. Um, there's a lot of slang that you won't get if you come here and spend just a little bit of time. So like Arvo means afternoon. So it, they'll often say like, I'll see you this Arvo, but it means afternoon. Or Why? like, um, what's the etymology? Fair dinkum, fair dinkum is a funny one. It means like uh, true blue genuine, like fair dinkum, mate. That's, that's like, that's genuine. There's lots of funny words to learn when you get here, but you get used to it. Well, these are things you had to learn coming from Canada, uh, Canada, being a Canadian yeah, Canadian. <laughs> from a, a Canuck, I guess. No, what, what part of Canada are you from? Uh, I'm British Columbia. Okay. I don't know so geography. That's on the west coast, just south of Alaska. You should know that. Just south of Alaska. South of, of Alaska. Second states, I think. That's right. I need to find, uh, <laughs> I need to find geography. Of course, the internet makes us all okay. brainy. So, I mean. You have, you have Vancouver and Toronto. So, I'm, I'm in Vancouver the province of Vancouver, or as you would call it, the state. Well, I knew this was going to be good. I, I hope the, the tone of your voice is coming through, uh, like it's coming through on my on my headset. Uh, it's uh, very soothing. I, I've been listening to your podcast and watching your YouTube videos. Uh, the, one of the latest ones, you were talking to a, a bodybuilder of sorts, and I think that was the, the latest one. And uh, yeah, you, man, it's very soothing. But I, I did look at your, your regular Facebook and... Before we talk about the podcasting, let's talk about the gold mining. People are going to be interested about that. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that is a wild, ambitious thing I did because um, initially being a lawyer, well, going way back when I was younger, I worked on these things called oil rigs in northern Canada. And so that's where they pulled oil out of the ground. And I did a lot of hard labor doing that. And so I was very familiar um, and grew up in an environment of hard outdoor remote work and so that's something that i grew up doing and it was very normal for me but then i decided i need to go to law school and try and make a a real career and try and improve my situation that type of thing so i did all that got admitted and went through law school worked as a lawyer in vancouver but you know like whether it's my personality or the way i grew up it just wasn't really for me at the time sitting in that office for eight hours a day smashing out paperwork over and over and over, just reading the screen and writing documents. So um, I did that for a while. And then um, I moved to Australia because I had actually studied law here in Australia. So I came back here because I had missed it so much, quit my law job, moved back to Sydney and um, did a bit of like legal consulting type stuff for the construction industry because that's what I grew up in, the resources sector sector and mining and construction. Um, and over like the last four years, I'd been nurturing this bit of a dream started gold mine in Papua New Guinea, which all started started because I met a guy on the on the Gold Coast here in Australia who was from Papua New Guinea and he told me the stories of all the gold in the ground and the, the hills that are full of the gold in the rivers and how the locals just pull it out by pans by hand every day. They'll get this much and that much. And so it was a bit of a gold fever thing, but at the same time it was a um a move away from law into something that I was comfortable with, and that was like really testing myself, working in remote circumstances, hard manual labor in the middle of nowhere. And it was more of a thing like I wanted to see if, hey, can I do this? Here's a massive goal. Can I actually achieve it? And I was able to pull it together. So that's how that all happened. Well, that sounds a lot more exciting than than being in a cubicle. Of course, the law has its place. I mean, who who was the one that that talked you into the law? Did you get that from mom or dad or did, did anyone inspire you to be a, a lawyer before you, you got into the gold fever? 
Well, I think it's a similar thing like the gold fever. Um, so it, it was a massive ambitious goal from where, from my circumstance, I grew up in a small town, working class town. And so I wanted to see myself try and make something of myself. So out of the movies, it's probably the movies that sent me to law school. You know, you see these positions and the guys in the suits and powerful and successful and life's great for them or whatever. So I set that goal as a young guy and that was really what happened. I wanted to see if I could improve myself and my circumstances. And for some reason I chose, chose law and went to law school thinking that that was like the model, the, the right way for me to really improve my life. And so I just, I, in, in hindsight, I think what it is, is my personality. I like to take massive goals that seem very far out there and see if I can get them, see if I can make it happen. So that's kind of what pushed me into law, really, I think. Yeah. yeah. Just the movies and a, a combination of like what I saw in the movies and wanting to improve myself and try and achieve a goal that seemed outside of my scope. So. You sound like a go-getter, Alex Troll. I mean, you, you went for it and you went all the way. I mean, to study law, it takes a long time. Some people go 12 years to school and say, that was enough. My goodness, I'm spent. Let's go on to the workforce. But uh, beyond studying the law, you you went to Australia to study the law, halfway around the world. You From British Columbia to Australia, that's a far jump. Uh, what took you to uh, to Australia? Yeah, that was on the advice of um, some great lawyers I met in uh, Vancouver. So when I was, uh, I did an internship in Vancouver at a law firm and they had had a student that worked for them. So actually a lawyer at that point that worked for them who had studied here in Australia. And he told me about all the amazing stories and how wonderful the weather is and how great the law school was. And they were impressed with his legal training when he came back from Australia. So they're impressed by like his negotiate, like his practical skills that that school had imparted on him. Because usually people come out of law school with just academics and not a lot of like practical interpersonal uh, skills. So the way the law school uh, works that I went to, that they suggested to go to, is a lot of real world type um, training. So a lot of interaction with people and fake, tr- fake court uh, appearances and court trials, which is called mooting. Um, you do negotiations and it's all fake, but it prepares you for the real world. So those guys at that law firm, uh, the lawyers I was working for suggested I go study at this school. And I said, the land of sun and, uh, and beaches. Sure. And so uh, I made it happen. And here I am seven years later, man, the lure of the land down under has been, I mean, just something that I, I've wanted to see. I, I've never had the chance to get there, but Yes, that's on my my list of someday, you know, someday, my bucket list. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Because you're from Arkansas, are you? Well, I'm in Arkansas, but I'm from Miami. So my first year of of school was was a lot of partying on the beach, you know, in Fort Lauderdale. And that's where I went to high school in Broward. I mean, went to uh, high school and college. Uh, My first year of college was a lot of DJing. You know, I was the the part the the party guy you know hey he's got records uh let's let's invite him wait a minute i have a class uh skip that class and i i did a little too much yeah, of that right. my first year thankfully i buckled down and and uh finished up uh, my communications and and uh psychology and some fire science i actually was a firefighter for a while but uh hey it's not about me it's about you alex troll i want to know more <laughs> the people want to know more about you and you so you you got out of the the law and is it helping you at all in the gold business, the gold mining business? Yeah. 
yeah, so that's what I tell myself and what everyone tells me too, right? So um, law is very applicable to most anything in life because any circumstances, any situation you find yourself in, it's governed by laws. So whether it's COVID-19 laws restricting you from moving around or it's a business situation and a corporate merger or whatever it is, shareholders agreements, um, rental leases, anything. So having a, a general understanding of some basic legal principles from law school is useful in anything. And so, yes, it has helped me uh, moving forward in like the gold mining, for example, it was helpful. So there was a lot of um, international agreements that needed to be signed and, and negotiated. Um, I had to work with the Australian military because we had bought uh, or we had purchased a ex-military um, truck from Australia and sent it over to Papua New Guinea. So they require a lot of um, kind of uh, regulations and uh, red tape type of things that require you to actually go over there with their approval so that they can approve that you're not going to be using it for terrorism or weapons of mass destruction or any type of armed conflict or anything. So things like that were, were interesting. But yes, I use law all the time. So even though I'm not practicing law proper, it's definitely useful in my life um, as far as just the knowledge that I, I received from that education. Do you still keep your law degree in, in Australia as well? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I, I obtained my law degree from Bond University in Queensland, uh, the, sun, the sunny coast. It's beautiful up there. I'm down in Sydney now. But um, yeah, so my, my law degree is from there. And um, License. Yeah, use it all the time. I, I guess I, I should have said license. Canadian and Australian law. So I guess I should have said, was, do you keep your license up to date? Oh, no, 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 no. So that's not necessary. You, can you practice law? I guess you, you, you can keep it up to no, Okay. You, you have so the knowledge. You yeah, you have the knowledge and you can use it for your own end. But um, if you don't have a practicing certificate, so if you don't keep it current, you can't um, practice law. It's a okay. regulated, regulated body. So is uh, panning for gold, is that paying the bills? <laughs> oh, I wish I could say it was. Like it, it, it was working out for a while. Um, but I'll tell you this, operating a, first of all, operating any company in a foreign third world country is difficult, especially if you're not from there. But um, operating a gold mine in a foreign country, especially Papua New Guinea, is incredibly difficult. So. If, if all I had to do was go there with the machinery and work on the land, I would be very well off right now. Very. But the cultural interactions and the different tribes that you interact there, like um, I'm working in areas that are actually still tribal. You, you would probably call it uncivilized still. Like, um, yeah, some of them haven't seen cars before. So that type of thing. Um, they have a lot of cultural infighting and a lot of jealousy amongst different tribes in the area. So a lot of the time what happens is we start operating. Everyone's sweet. Everyone's very excited for us to get moving because if we make money, they make money. And um, so they're happy. But what happens is they'll be like a tribe just over a hill and they'll come over and they'll be essentially fighting with the tribes that we've got agreements with. With machetes, like scaring each other, no one's been killed or anything, but it's, it's wild. They get really, really um, almost violent, but they're all family, so they don't actually hurt each other. This is the weird thing. They all know each other. They're all family, um, but they just have these massive fights, and it stops us from working. 
So that's been the biggest challenge. It's not finding gold. It's not, which is hard, but you can find it. Um, it's not getting the gold out. It's dealing with the people who are fighting amongst each other because they all want to make profit. So everybody wants a piece of the action. I, I, I guess you're, you're employing some of the locals and some of the old other locals are getting jealous of that employment. Is that what you're th- saying? That's it. That is it. That the employment is one of the issues. So when, when we employ, we were employing about 40 people, which was good for the little area we were in. But the problem that arise, arises is those guys on payday go walk for like three hours to the closest market and they buy like, they buy things and now they're buying because we've paid them. They've got more money than anyone around there. So they're showing it off in a way. And so that causes conflict. Um, and that's like the, the low level conflict. The, the bigger conflict really comes from the tribes when they want a share of the profit because they're entitled to it and we give it to them. But, um, that's the big money. That's where, you know, you have massive fights because we pay the little local tribe a decent amount of money. And now everyone in the, the general county area or whatever is claiming, Oh, no, no, no. That's not only that, that tribe's land. My great grandmother planted a plot of whatever on there and grew the trees and tended the land. And so I'm entitled to so a lot of fighting starts from that. Yeah. It's not like you can tell them how to spend their money. It's their money, you know, and, and, right. and, and they probably have more money than they ever have had in their whole lives. So, I mean, it's like kids that, that, that get these football, uh, you know, go into the, the NFL and, and get these, you know, sports, uh, all this sports money, and and they're just too young, too fast, and they've never seen that kind of money, and they go out and buy cars and furs and all that. Whew. And you've given them all that, man. It, I mean, they've ha- they have to feel good that they're they're working and they're making money. But th- yes, I could see there be jealousy from the uh, the other people that don't have that that opportunity. Oh my goodness! You're- it, it, the other the other issue that arises is the culture isn't necessarily one of capitalism, so there isn't a well, it is, but it's not as pure as you and I are used to. So what happens is you go work really hard for us, for example, right? We pay you a wage because you're working hard. Well, now when you leave with that money, they have this system called the talk system. And so there's an expectation that you as a person, however you got your money, whether it was working hard or whatever, um, you need to now pay your friends money for things. And just like, Oh, like, oh, mate, I need some money to buy this and that. And there's an expectation that you'll give your money that you worked hard for away to people. And if you don't give that money away to your friends or whatever, when they ask, there's like this bad vibe. And now they're like not even really your friends and they'll like wish, wish bad for you. So that happens too. People cut each other down a lot. So there's a bit of a, like in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. So if someone's doing well, they want to cut each other down. And like in a Western civilization, you wouldn't see that. You, I mean, hopefully you would be happy for the other person. Hey, that guy's doing a great job. He's doing well, man. Maybe I can do something like that. And, and maybe my fortune will, will, will come along, but I'm not going to kick him into the dirt, you know, cause he's doing well. I'm very happy for him, you know, but, but you That's can, right. you can take that example. You can learn from him and I'm learning from you, man, how, how that uh, jobs in the third world country and, and maybe trying to, make a corporation in a third world country is not as easy as, well, I don't think it's probably going to be easy at all. I wouldn't think it was easy, but you're just confirming my expectations that it's not easy. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, you're, 
Yeah, you're right. It's 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 uh it's a wild ride, but there's lots of wild stories I have and lots of good experiences, right? Anytime you do something extremely wild, this is what I take away from it, and this goes down to my personality really. Anytime you put yourself into something that is very difficult and, and beyond your normal scope of what you're good at or your expertise, push yourself to be uncomfortable basically. So much growth comes of that. So like look People have asked me, oh, was it financially successful? And we're still at it. So it's not necessarily, the game's not over, but it wasn't necessarily financially successful right away because of all the trouble we had with the landowner. But there's always an upside if you look at it the right way. So I learned a lot. I grew a lot. It was a wild experience that not a lot of people would ever encounter in their entire lives. And I can take things out of that and, and it builds character, it builds personality, everything. So there's always an upside. It might not be financial. But there's other uh, other good things that come that can come out of anything when you push yourself. Well, Alex, I noticed you're not in Papua New Guinea now. You're in Sydney, Australia. Uh, do you have to stay on top of it? Is that is that corporation still running? Are are there uh, trucks digging right now, or are you done with that for a while? So right now, it's all paused. What what actually ended up happening with with uh, us is those fights I was talking about became so bad that we were a little worried for actual safety. So we pulled our machinery out. I had to get the military and police in and pulled the machinery out from the site. And it's so now sitting in storage for right now. Um, my business partner was back there in March. Um, but then, so we were looking at new ground, like we were prospecting to take the machinery to a new place where people were more level-headed. There's different cultures there. There's about 500 cultures in Papua New Guinea. So we went up into the mountains where people are very um, short-tempered and just not really the opposite of laid back. They're aggressive. So um, we're looking in new areas now that are by the coast where they've got a really laid back island vibe. And so they, they have um, relatively big cities on the coast as well. So people are a little more civilized. Um, so we're looking in areas like that. But for the moment, the equipment is sitting in storage um, and we were ready to get things going. But my business partner just came back from quarantine. Uh, he had to quarantine after he re- returned to Australia because of COVID. So things are just completely on pause right now because it's a job that entails traveling all the time. So we're just shut right down. Well, it's amazing how, how much being on the water, on the ocean, you know, having that uh, makes you feel so much better. I remember being in the Florida Keys and in Miami, just the, the ocean, it, it just makes you feel good. Uh, right now I'm in the middle of America, you know, it, it's, it's turned from blue to green. But this is the second time you mentioned COVID-19, and I was wondering maybe if we, we would uh, delve into that a little bit. As we record this in April of 2020, uh, we're under a, a, a worldwide pandemic. There's a, a flu. I think, it's, I think it's a bad flu, man, but that's just me. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm strong. I'm young, uh, you know, youngish, you know, that I, I can... I don't think I'm going to be attacked by this. I, I think I could fare through this, you know, but there are people that are susceptible to it. H- have you been quarantining yourself and keeping yourself uh, away from people, Alex? I have been, um, yes. So here in Australia, they've, well, so specifically in New South Wales, Australia, they've been fairly relaxed up until about a week and a half or two weeks ago. So you could still go out and shop and go to the restaurants and no big deal. Um, but more recently, there's been a bit of a lockdown. So you, there's 16 reasons. I can't remember them all, but those are the only reasons that you're allowed to leave your house. Now, the, the top two, I think, being work and exercise. So 
other than that, no, I've been in my house quarantined and um, only leaving to get down to, it used to be the beach, but that's now closed. And so now just for like a run here and there. Of all places to close, I, I know in, in Miami, they, they closed the beaches and I said, wow, the salt water used to be so cleansing for me. Whenever I, I felt bad, I would go to the salt water and it would cleanse all my ailments. I, you know, I'd scrub up with, with some salt water and it would make my skin feel good, make my whole body feel good. And now you can't even do that. I, ah, I can imagine that's, that's causing uh, some anxiety, some problems for people that like to go to the ocean. You know, but uh, oh, yeah, the, the surfers, the yes. surfers here are losing it. Are, are you into surfing at all? I, I think I've only done it uh, once. Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a surfer, but I do go like once a month or so to try and just get out of there just because it feels good. But I definitely wouldn't call myself a surfer. Oh, I'd call you a surfer. I've only done it once in Sebastian. Uh, the, the, the water, I think the waves were waist high. So I got up and I fell down many times. And uh, yeah, it was just one day of surfing for me. And you do it once a month. That's a, that's amazing. I miss, I do miss the ocean, you know, but uh, hey, <laughs> that, it, it is what it is. Uh, so, okay. So you got from gold mining and you're keeping yourself indoors and you're passing the time away. I know I'm doing lots and lots of podcasts. I'm guessing that you're recording your voice uh, the same. You're part of the pod union. Are you the pod union? I am the pod union. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, another project I've started and that's um, arisen out. Well, first I'll start by saying, yes, I am doing some podcasts. Um, this is one as well. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been recording a podcast actually about that Papua New Guinea adventure. So the whole philosophy behind, you know, what kind of drove me to do such a wild thing all the way down to um, the actual day-to-day wildness and details and all the little adventure stories along the way. So I'm, I'm slowly going to be releasing that. I'm just working on it. It takes a bit of time to write these things. So You know what's I'm funny? On that. I don't think I'm doing podcasts right because I'll put this one out probably in the next hour or so. You know, if, if, if any editing I do, I might cut some breaths out here and there and that's it, you know, but for the most part, I'll release it raw because I'm not, I have a nice conversation with Alex Troll of the Pod Union and I'm finding out more. I, I, I had no idea that the, I, I saw something about the mining, the gold mining, but I had no idea that that was your life right now is digging for gold. And that then is that the only job that's that's paying the bills right now? Is that what that's what you do for a living? Uh no, no, no. So I still do consulting. Yeah, because when those wild things like the gold mining are paused, um, I still need to eat. So I do um I do consulting in a so I use my law degree in the construction field. I use that expertise and the and the history I have in mining and uh construction. And I help construction companies here in Sydney. Um, so that's what keeps me afloat in the meantime and kind of funds all this other stuff I'm trying to do. That's so. fantastic. Alex Troll, he's a hustler. <laughs> you got to put your hands in different in different pots, man, it, especially being a creative person such as yourself. You, you, you can't, you, you, would, uh, you would die in a cubicle. And, and you've already stated that, that you would be, it, it, it's not for you. You need to be out there mm-hmm. in the world helping people. And that's what you're doing. Yeah, you make a couple bucks, but you're helping people. That's a noble job. And so, uh, how do you, in consulting? I mean, is how do people get a hold of you for that? Oh, that's all mostly through um, word of mouth, right? So you get known in your industry, just like you would in the radio industry or your podcasting space. People tend to get to know you. You make a few connections here and there, but I don't market myself or anything. So um, it's just 
it's a small thing I do to really keep me uh, funded so that I can keep focusing on the gold mining or pod union and things like that. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, the DJ services, it's, it's definitely my, that's my, my main source of, of income. And I haven't been able to go out and do weddings or karaoke parties or video dance parties. I'm stuck indoors myself. So I had to have another avenue of another stream of revenue. So yeah, you were able to, you need to be resourceful. And so you're doing the same thing, right? And I think that that is an admirable trait that gets overlooked when people can actually, no matter what happens or what's thrown their way, they find a way to make things work. I think that's the most important trait because, um, when you're comfortable in your nine to five or whatever is working well in your life, that's not always going to be the case. You're only lucky if it is. And so if you can really sort things out, no matter what happens or when, that is the most important trait and um, to have as a, as a person. And I think this COVID-19 stuff is really testing that for a lot of people. And so it's going to make some people maybe give them some confidence that, hey, even when things do go south, I can actually do quite well because I, I adapted like Charles Darwin, he said, adapt or die. That's like, that's how evolution works, right? That's what we have to do. Yeah. I think I glossed over it. I, I talked a little bit about sports stars and we're finding out that the, the real heroes are the, the nurses and the doctors and the, the people that are taking care of us, police and firefighters, you know, people that are, that are out there taking care of us. All the sports events have been put on hold. I mean, like it or not, I just, yeah, I, we, we found that there's, there's value to other people. And now everybody's, all the all the kids are home, so all the moms are becoming teachers now. Uh, do you have any family at home, or, or you're a, a lone lone man, lone wolf? I, I have my fiance. I'm lucky enough to have a fiance. So, uh, <laughs> How sweet! That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And was she is she from uh, Australia, or did she follow you from British Columbia? She's from Canada. She's from Toronto, but I met her here. So lucky enough to meet her here as well. So that's, you know how I was saying there's always an upside to things, no matter whether they're financial or whatever. That's another upside. You know, like I quit that law job in Vancouver and came to Australia. Who knows what was going to happen for me here? But I met her. And so I always have the benefit of that. So I can't lose. <laughs> that's beautiful. Pursuit of happiness. You found it. That's wonderful. So Pod Union, I, I know it's a it's an app. Did you develop this app, and what is the Pod Union all about? I've been on the website, and I know that there's a little bio about it, but give the people an idea of what is the Pod Union. Okay, so Pod Union started because I love podcasts, so I've always listened to them, almost a, like an like an addict. So it's a, the love of my life after my fiance, of course, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It, it's a th- it all started when I was working away from home a lot and um, I would always hear American ads on podcasts. And I was like, why am I hearing American ads when I'm in Australia or Papua New Guinea or Canada or wherever I am? Why am I always hearing American ads? And so I'm like, that needs to be fixed. So I was thinking, right, when I have an ad play, in Aust- when I hear an American podcast in Australia, I want to hear an uh, Australian brand. And so the podcaster should be paid in both markets and those ads should adjust accordingly depending on where it's downloaded. So that started my whole idea. I'm like, that's a massive solution because when I hear a, an American ad here in Sydney, Australia, that's the equivalent of like Walmart, which we don't have here in Australia, putting up a billboard here. And that's a complete waste of money and waste of advertising space. And that's what's happening in the podcast world. So I was like, I need to fix that. So I started talking to some tech guys and then because that idea really 
it was something I wanted to really push and pursue, um, I was like, well, you know what? I also don't like this about the podcast world and this and this. And so now I've built a whole ecosystem, an app, a platform for hosting, um, the app for listening. Got all these features that I myself as a podcast addict really want, and that's to be able to comment with each other. And also, if you listen to podcasts, there's usually like good moments, really funny ones or good tidbits of knowledge, like great business idea or whatever the idea is, right? I want to save those moments and keep them in a little library in my app so I can come back to them because these podcasts are like three hours long. So I'm letting users of the app um, actually bookmark these moments and name them and come back to them later. And it's like a little library of knowledge that you're creating. So among other things. So, so yeah, that, that's where it all started. They'll save as an audio file for you on, on your website, I guess? It's not an audio file. It just saves the timestamp. So for now, that's I have to do things relatively cheap because I'm just a fresh startup. So yeah. it's going to save just as a timestamp on the actual podcast. So you'll go into your bookmark section on the app and you can click any of them and it'll take you straight to the podcast to that exact moment that you save. Um, later on, when I have a bit more cash flow, I'm going to actually build those as clips. And so I want those clips to then be shareable because that's another thing that podcasters have trouble with is growing their audience. And so um, I want those really good moments that like, you know, let's say it's a three hour podcast. There's going to be like, a couple really good sound bites. You want to be able to take those clips and share them out and um, let, let the, the people in the world see those top moments. And if they like that really interesting moment, the three hour podcast, then they might actually listen to your full three hours. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Eventually it'll be audio clips, but for now it's just a timestamp. No, Alex Troll, you're, you're helping people. I mean, there's 900,000 podcasts out there in the world. And if you're just a little tiny fish and you're, Speaking into a microphone, you'd, you'd hope that maybe, uh, you know, one or two people are listening to it and you'll see it on your analytics that, you know, hey, okay, 50 people listen to this one and 100 people listen to that one, but I'd like more people to listen to it. And man, you're so right about about having the, the ads be regionalized because I could imagine, yeah, not having a, a Walmart ad, maybe a Foster's beer there. I did my Australian accent for you. I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, I can I love see that. How, how, more. Uh, was it all? Okay. Now you're the idea, man. You did hire out some, some people smarter than you in this area of expertise. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, what, that's, that's what you have to do. You hire people out. You talk to people that know more. That's what I do. I know nothing. I talk to people that know more. That's what a good leader, a good uh, idea man does. And that's what you do, Alex Troll. Oh, man good to know you so far so good man i think i think yeah i think that's a very good point you're making so whatever you're doing in life especially if it's business because uh yeah business mostly because you're organizing the people around you or leading a team i guess would be similar you need to recognize your weaknesses and then bring in the people you need to have the humility as well to recognize those weaknesses and bring in people and say i'm weak here i need your help to do this because i know you're strong where i'm weak so that's how you build a good team. That's also how you do well in whatever you're doing, like you just mentioned. Smart guy, smart guy. All right. So what's uh, what's going on now? I mean, are, are you you're currently uh, helping people with their their businesses, consulting with people? That's what you're you're currently doing right now. And, and what's going on in the no, on right the, now? Right oh. now, right now, I'm pumping Pod Union as much as I can because the more users I get, the more likely 
I am to get big investments to really grow this thing. So what I've been doing is interacting with podcasters online, like on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook groups. Um, I've been reviewing podcasts, like the ones that I find interesting, and just uh, blogging about them, working on the website, working with the tech team, like you said, because they're the smart guys that I had to bring in to do the tech stuff that I don't know about. Um, so I'm working on that full time right now and trying to make it go of it because the Papua New Guinea gold mining is on hold. So, um, yeah, now I'm fixing podcasting because that's something you can do when you're isolated. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, what podcast have you listened to or, or who who's joined in? And, and I, I guess, is Pod Union a place where you can listen to podcasts as well? Is that an app for that? Yeah, so it's for listening to podcasts as well as hosting your podcast. So it's both. It's it's a whole ecosystem, and then the next stage, which will come in months, a marketplace I'm telling you about, where you'll connect with local brands, so that if you're an American podcast, you can be heard in Australia, which many are, but you'll be paid now in both markets by those brands that are here in Australia, as well as the one in America, because depending on where it's downloaded, that's what ad will play. So. Um, that's all coming. I'm working on, working on all that. But yes, Pod Union, it's for hosting, it's for listening, and it's for monetizing. What an exciting idea. I'm man. trying to beat the big guys who aren't doing it right. <laughs> no, it's a great idea. I mean, it sounds like something that's going to it's gonna be revolutionizing. It, you know, it, and it's if it's all stuff that you want in a podcast, being a podcaster, it's going to be stuff that, that other people are going to like as well. And hopefully you can, you know, take some feedback from people and 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 put and put that into fruition as well, and customize it for different people. Uh, man, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's cool, Alex Troll. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much, man. So, uh, I mean, this is what you're pushing. And how do people get a hold of you on on the Pod Union? Well, it would be great if you're a podcaster or a podcast listener um, to sign up at www.podunion.co, or you can go to my Instagram, which is Pod Union, or you can go to Twitter, which is actually Union Pod, because someone already had Pod Union, um, and Facebook, Pod Union. I would love if you guys could get involved. And the, the thing is, I'm a small startup, right? So I can really develop this into anything. I'm not some big corporation. They're kind of stuck and rigid and trying to do things in accordance with their long-term marketing plans, whatever. I'm just solving the problems at my fingertips that I see that need to be solved. So we can make this into anything. And the more feedback I get, the better. And right now I'm solving the problems that I initially saw in the podcast market, whether it's hosting, distribution, or the advertising crap. Um, I'm fixing all that. But with more feedback from actual experienced podcasters, because I only started podcasting like three months ago. I've listened forever, but I've only started creating the podcast only three months ago. But with experienced people who have been in the industry a lot longer than me, um, if you guys give me your feedback, I will build the solutions that we need to make podcasting better. So let's do it. Man, you got the good voice. You got the good vibes coming this way. I could feel it from halfway around the world, man. I mean, what does the, the fiance and the family think about you in this endeavor? Oh, they love it. They love it. They just see me doing another wild thing like Papua New Guinea. The, the pod union thing is a lot less wild than Papua New Guinea. So they're probably happy about it because I'm actually here in the country at home safe. So how do people find out about the story from the Papua New Guinea? Because that sounds fascinating. I want to put that in my podcast feed for sure, because I listen all the time. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so right now, uh, unfortunately, I have to tell you it's hosted on SoundCloud, which will be my competitor. 
But hey, I haven't launched yet. That's happening in three weeks. Then I'll be hosting on Pod Union. But for now, you can find the Papua New Guinea podcast story um, on SoundCloud under my name, Alex Troll. Very cool. So that's yeah. It's going to be a, it's a story. It's going to be about six or seven chapters um, about the underlying philosophies of what the heck makes a guy go from small town Canada to being a lawyer to then throwing it all away and starting a gold mine in Papua New Guinea, um, all the way to the day to day activities over there in the wild tribal fights and stories and just a lot of yeah, crazy stuff that happened over there. So I'm going to tell it all in a bit of a chapter story series. And um, it should hopefully be entertaining because I'm getting help from a lady from Bond University, which is where I went. And she was um, number 12 on the Apple iTunes podcast chart um, in 2018 about a story series that she had done. So she's going to help me formulate it into like something that's not just Alex Troll telling his story, because that could be boring. You've got to write stories with structure, right? So she's going to help me turn it into a proper uh, story with chapters and keep it interesting. So. Well, thinking about gold, I, you know, I was thinking about one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies. And no, it's not. Well, I love Die Hard, but the Hudson Hawk, the, the antagonist in the Hudson Hawk said money will always be paper, but gold will always be gold. So I could see the lure, what took you away from whatever you were doing. There was people were saying you can get handfuls of gold out of this dirt and you trying to get shovelfuls of gold out of this dirt. I mean, what I, I, man, I'm excited to hear the story as you've written it. I, I want to know how many you know pieces of gold or how much gold and the monetary value. And I'm sure you'll come, come, come up with that all through your podcast. I'm, excited to hear the story of Alex Troll and his gold, his digging for gold, leaving <laughs> leaving the law in British Columbia and heading for Australia and Papua New Guinea. Exciting, man. That you, you, that's it. That's it. Yeah. One of the uh, funnier moments or more, more memorable moments that just kind of hit home while I was in Papua New Guinea and it made me realize what the heck I was doing was I was driving through the jungle in an ex-military um, ex-Australian military Unimog. It's this massive, like, four-by-four four truck. Um, I had a bunch of Papua New Guineans on the back. I had probably, like, 60 grand worth of gold in the seat behind me, a shotgun on the seat next to me for protection, and we're driving down a riverbed through the river in the middle of the jungle in the black of night. And I was like, wow, I'm here doing it. This is wild. So... Things like that. I'm going to use the story to explain, you know, what really happened there. Some of the more out there moments that really hit home. So now that is a yeah. fine teaser right there, Alex Troll. That is fantastic, and, and I hope the Pod Union thing it goes, you know, to the to the moon and back, and you know, just does wonders for you because it sounds like you have a great idea. You know, me as a podcaster, I'd love to have more listeners. You know, as many as I have, there's always room for more. And to have a hosting site that not only, you know, hosts your podcast, but also specifies regionally and helps you to, uh, you know, to, to refine your podcast to, to where the, the listener is more in tune with your, with your content that you're, man, that, that's doing wonders, but the gold. Yeah. And you can, and you can interact as well. So you can interact with your listeners as well through text and comments. And that's what brings it alive and makes it more of a community because that's the thing with podcasts. It's ideas and stories. And we don't like listening to ideas and stories in isolation. We're human. 
We like to talk. We like to bounce the ideas back, back and forth with each other. So that's why I want it to be interactive as well. And that's why we have the comments and profiles and things like that. And so, adding a yeah, little, hopefully, hopefully you can enjoy it. No, adding a social, uh, a, a social part uh, into the podcast. Cause yes, podcast is a radio show that you listen to and your own time, but you're adding a, a social a part to that, a, a, a place where people can put feedback uh, very readily. And the people that are doing the podcast can get that feedback very quickly and, and put it into good use uh, and make their content better. And yeah. Oh, just, I see nothing but great things uh, that pod union.co look it up. And I definitely want, I mean, how do we find the, the podcast on SoundCloud? Is it under your name or is it under pod union? Yeah, no, it's just under my name, Alex troll. So it should be SoundCloud Alex troll. Yeah. Well, my I'm, username on SoundCloud is a W troll, but it should come up with Alex troll. Well, I'll be looking that up. I, I hope I could find the, uh, the, um, feed, so I could put it into my my podcast app uh, until, of course, until uh, Pod Union comes comes into uh, into fruition yep. and you know gets out there live, and I could change apps. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's it. It'll be out in three three or four weeks. We'll have it ready, so I'll send it to you directly. So, um, but yeah, this uh, my username is aw troll, and that's where the Pop New Guinea Gold story will be. So exciting, now. man. So exciting. Any other avenues you want to explore? Tell the people about? No, that's it. I just hope that, you know, my focus now with uh, being a bit more online, you know, gold mining I can do with the dirt and machinery. But the podcast stuff, podunion.co, that's a bit more of an online presence type thing. So now that I have you and maybe some people are online listening, that's, yeah, that's what I'm pushing. And I'd like to just pump that a bit. So if I can help the podcast, you know, community, improve their situation with some of the things I'm trying to fix in podcasting with my new platform, then um, hopefully I can do that with uh, their feedback and just sign up and give me some feedback and tell me what you want to see changed and what you're experiencing, the problems you're experiencing. So, Alex, thank Troll, you very much. 900,000 podcasts. I'm sure some of them could use some help to make them sound better, to make them feel better, to have better quality. And you're going to be the one to help them out. At least a few of them. <laughs> All right. I usually finish. I usually finish these things up with last words for the people. I give Alex Troll the last words for the people. You can. Uh, it could be words to live by, something that you've uh, thought of throughout your life, or just something that comes to mind right now in this time, in this place. Alex Troll, give the last words for the people. All right. Here's my last words for the people. No matter what you're doing right now, get out there, and well, after COVID maybe, but get out there in the world, whether it's out in the world or in your head creatively, do something hard that challenges you. Get out of your comfortable situation. Go feel something new and novel um, and just really push yourself in any any avenue, whatever it is. But push yourself and um, that's the way I've always felt better. You just grow, grow, grow by doing things that are uncomfortable and new and challenging. So that'd be my last words to the people. Get out there and get after it. there you have it party people alex troll of the pod union with nine hundred thousand podcasts out there in the world they're going to need some help not all of them can be up and heard so you know they're going to need some more social interaction and alex troll is the man to do it he's the man with the plan and he's going to help you to get your podcast up on top 
or at least a little further up to the top. You know, not everybody can be on top. There can be only one on top, but at least he'll get you around the top of the hill somewhere. Okay. All right. <laughs> Alex Troll's got some great ideas. So visit him at podunion.co. He's out there in Sydney, Australia, living the life. Got his fiance out there. You know, it's good to have some love as well. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> so glad that to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Alex Troll, for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Well, if you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you, yes, you, my loyal listener who hasn't been on the podcast yet, or even some that have been on the podcast, and you have something new that you want to talk about. Uh, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys dan.com thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes it is only possible to live happily ever after on a day-to-day -day basis margaret banana the music you want radio what dot com this is Keys Dan. And this is Shelly G. And you're listening to Radio What? Dot com.